Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. We cannot thank you enough for listening to all of our great programs. It is the Joker. It did so well. In fact, it earned an October record, almost $100 million domestically here at the box office. It has truly got everybody talking in so many different ways about so many different facets of the movie, but also leading into so many different issues in regards to you know, a society, mental health, class relations, so much more. It's bringing that conversation to light, but is it a good movie? I know I shared my thoughts with Josh, but I want to go ahead and share some thoughts right now with my good friend. He is the man behind Hunnequeen. You got to hear everything that he's doing today. Hunnequeen is still available on so many different podcast outlets. Plus also anytime he goes on, whether it's you know on board with one of his thoughts that, that he has on pop culture right here on the show, it's always great to have him on. It's again, my good friend, Jason Todd Feinberg. Jason's just great to have you on the show. And before I get you on, I want to just mention, just so everybody know, we're going to do some spoilers. So if you haven't seen Joker yet and you don't want it to be spoiled, sorry, we're going to that spoiler area for right now. The floor is yours, my friend. Your spoilery thoughts on the Joker. You know, this is a character that's been talked about since the 30s. And why is he the most popular Batman villain? I mean, after all, TNG and the Turtles had Shredder. When he went away, people were ballistic. We had Krang, but when they went away, people went ballistic. When um, Mumra left Thundercats and we brought in, I think, the Berserkers, people went ballistic. When Cobra Commander went away and we got uh, Serpentor, King Hit, I, I, people went ballistic. You get the idea. When, when Megatron became Galvatron. But somehow, Batman has these rogues. Joker, I don't know if it's because he's a clown. We don't know his origin. He's He has nothing to lose. He makes that a, an interesting point. And I have to say, out of all the live-action adaptations that fans have whined and complained about and say, well, this doesn't happen in the comics. Let me just say here right now, for everyone who is a fan of comic books, it's called an adaptation. That's number one. Second of all, the last couple of times that I sat in the theater to see comic book movies done word for word and frame by frame, and that's Zack Snyder's Watchmen, and that was an animated version of The Killing Joke, it didn't do that well because there was nothing new brought to the table. It was just playing it safe and doing the same thing. I like the fact that the game was changed. Now, I have some issues with the timeline the first thing is I don't really know why it was done in the 80s. I think Hollywood needs to step away from the 80s. There were other decades out there. I grew up in the late 70s, 80s, 90s. That actually, out of the 20th century, the 90s was my favorite of the decades for reasons. Not because the 20th century was ending. We didn't know what was going to happen for the 21st. But the technology and the culture – 80s, look, I grew up in the in New York in the 80s. I can tell you right now, Gotham is supposed to be Manhattan. And, and, and that was discussed years ago. And, and I think because Bob Kane was afraid uh, to make it Manhattan, he called it Gotham. But it, it has been confirmed over the years that sometimes it's either Manhattan, Chicago, or Detroit. But it's any major city that just – Back in the day, crime was bad and, you know, vigilante justice reigned supreme. 
this case, however, we're going to deal with Joker's take on it. And and the thing that I find interesting on this is that this takes a bit of Killing Joke, a bit of Dark Knight Returns, and it gives us an interesting adaptation. But again, it's still multiple choice. We don't know everything about Joker because as soon as this was announced that we were going to get a true origin story by Martin Scorsese, we know DiCaprio was going to be the people like rap, like we're sick of Joker and you can't do an origin. It's but you know, we still have our pie and eat it as well, not cake because it's you know Joker. He's a clown along with our soda water. What's interesting about the story is that people are also going to compare this to King of Comedy because, well, let's not forget, we've got Robert Nero when he's a talk show host. I'm yeah. going to tell you right now, Todd Phillips, I compared his work, I think in many ways it's an homage to Scorsese because it has a lot of direct references to Taxi Driver and, of course, the King of Comedy as well. You see, that's the thing, though. I'm, I'm going to say something right now. I have never seen – well, actually, I shouldn't say that. I've seen bits and pieces of Taxi Driver. I've seen the last 20 minutes, unfortunately, of King Comedy. I've never really sat down and watched it fully. Those are the two Scorsese movies that I still have to you know, put on my to-do list. But I know of them. And I know of Taxi Driver. And the, and the whole thing is – it's about vigilante justice, but it's like who's right, who's wrong. And, and you know, with 80s movies, it was all about the slobs versus the snobs. And it's still going to be that scenario with this movie, but it's just not going to be a comedy of sorts. It's not going to be Police Academy. It's not going to be One Crazy Summer. It's not going to be uh, Better Off Dead. You know, my, fa my favorite 80s comedies, Caddyshack. No, this is going to be a man who just hears whatever he wants to hear. He, he, he doesn't have voices in his head. He doesn't have uh, hallucinations. But at the same time, he gets these delusions because he can't seem to remember his childhood. or It's, it, it's not really brought up or discussed. He lives with this mother in this rat-infested apartment in, in, I guess, downtown or midtown Gotham. Uh, to me, it looks more like midtown Manhattan at the time. And it's during a garbage strike, and I love the fact we get the symbolism of these super rats, which I believe 70s, 80s, there were supposed to be these, you know, these giant rats in the sewers. But I also thought it was going to hint on a Batman film we haven't seen yet that was hinted he was going to have a cameo in Ratcatcher. But I guess, you know, closest thing I know of him right now is that he had a cameo in the Arkham Asylum game. But... It, it, it seems to deal with, with this side is that we get a different take of Thomas Wayne. And to trail off from it, there were the Telltale uh, Batman games that you could download where apparently Bruce never knew that Thomas and Martha were mobsters. They were in the mafia. And when you look at this Thomas Wayne in this movie, even though it's supposed to be Alec Baldwin that is bowed out for reasons I don't know why – Unless he had to play, you know, Donald Trump again for the 50 time on SNL. I'm, I'm, I'm not too sure what went on with that. But they still got an actor that looked like him. But yeah, in this one, Thomas Wayne seems to be a mob boss, you know, of sorts. He's not the kindly father figure that Bruce has made him out to be because Bruce only remembers his parents up to the age of 10 before they were shot and killed. So it's kind of interesting. Are we getting 
did we always get Bruce's side of what Thomas Wayne was like? Are we getting Joker's perspective? We're never going to get those answers because, unfortunately, well, again, we know what's going to happen. And throughout this movie, I don't know what's really going inside Joker's head. If there, there, there seem to be a lot of fan theories that he committed suicide, that he never left his apartment. What really did happen? What really didn't happen? What he perceived? What he didn't perceive? Was he mentally ill? Was he just making up being mentally ill as an excuse? There are all these different theories. And the biggest one is, are Bruce and Joker half-brothers? And that seems to be another interesting topic on this because why is their relationship so deep? Uh, there have always been these fan theories that what Joker does is that he is kind of eliminating crime. He's doing it his way. He could have been what, what happened to Bruce. He's still taking care of the mob. He's still taking care of pro corrupt police officers, but he has to do it his way. And that's what Bruce won't do, which is kill. And Joker could be very much super sane, which is something nobody seems to talk about. Bruce, on the other hand, he's suffering from trauma because he saw his parents murdered in front of him. There have been theories, and, and I've read stories where he was a spoiled brat, and he begged his parents to take him to a movie. He has survivor's guilt because they were gunned down in an alley, and that's why he wants to be a vigilante. Maybe Thomas and Martha weren't the best of parents, which comes back to this movie. I still have issues, though, with one particular scene. Actually, two of them, but, but one of them is where Arthur Fleck is at the Frank Murray show or the Murray Frank show. I keep forgetting what it is. It's, it's one of the two. And he daydreams that he's in the audience and he says, I love you, Murray. And Murray brings him up on stage and, and Joker tells a story. They take care of his mom. And, you know, during the commercial break, you know, Murray says, I wish I had a son like you. And it's a daydream. And wouldn't it have been a lot better if that was reality that Murray was using this guy to boost ratings. And that's how you would have brought Joker back onto the show for the, for the, for the climax. Because, yeah, Arthur still goes to a stand-up comedy club. He has, whether it be social anxiety, stage fright, number of things. And he bombs while trying to tell a joke. And that's how Murray Frank you know, get, gets a hold of it, and he still makes fun of Joker, and he's, you know, he calls him Joker for reasons, and makes fun of him, and he wants to bring him back to continue making fun of him, I guess, for ratings, because it must be Sweeps Week, because this is what happened in the 80s as well, is that you did have David Letterman, and for a very long time, he would bring on people like Harvey Picar, and just other random people that were, that were pretty much average Joes, and, you know, he would tell him the same thing. He would tell Joker, you know, you have to be clean and you have to, you know, you, you can't go off color and blah, blah, blah. And if you've ever seen American Splendor, you pretty much know what happened with the Harvey Picar situation. But there were other average Joes that, you know, either played nice or they didn't. And David Letterman was known for that for the 80s. I feel that that's what this movie is trying to go by. But it also goes by The Dark Knight Returns, where when Joker was on a talk show, you, you had Dr. Ruth Weisenheimer, which was supposed to be a parody on you know Dr. Ruth. 
and you had an Ed McMahon type of character, and Joker was trying to say that he's sane, but he's going to kill everybody in the audience, and he kills the host, the you know everybody, and just says like you know so many people, so few smiles. Here, he does kill Murray Frank because he feels that he's not being political, but he feels that he has a mental condition, and he's just being made fun of because of his mental condition and people are just putting fuel on the fire that Thomas Wayne with his money has cut the funding and he can't see a psychiatrist and get his medication. Apparently none of it is working. We don't really know what he's on. We're, we're told that he has these nervous tics or it could be Tourette's that he just bursts out with, with uncontrolled laughter for no reason at times. He says that he's, he's, he's killed three Thomas Wayne stock investors on a subway because he, he, he's saying that, you know, they don't care about the poor, the rich only care about the rich. And that's why he's instigating these riots where you have people dress up in, in clown masks and, and seeing riots. And that's all well and good. But people have also complained that halfway through this movie, Joker will go into his kitchen, go into his refrigerator empty it out, go in there, and never come back out. And there's also a moment where he's rehearsing to be on the Frank Murray show, and he's going to kill himself during the interview. So you don't really know what the reality is. I still feel it would have been a lot better if the Frank Murray was not a daydream. I also would have felt a lot better with his neighbor because in his mind they have a relationship. And in reality, she wants nothing to do. He'll, he'll break into her apartment. She's like, why are you following me? Why are you in my apartment? There are also theories that he kills her as well. It would have been a lot better if she was romantically involved. He could, she could have been the first Harley, for all we know. Because on a technicality in Batman 89, we really got Harley for the first time. And then we got her in the animated series, and now she's canon. But I remember in one of in, – um, Batman Death of the Family, where, where Joker will take Harley and Quinzel down to a basement, and there are all these dead Harley Quins, and he says to her, you're not the first Harley, and you won't be the last. That would have been interesting, especially since right before this movie, we get a trailer for the Harley Quinn movie. So that would have been interesting as well, to, to at least have a, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a white Harley Quinn, it could have been a black one, which, you know, that's you know the neighbor, but it would have just been interesting to see how Joker handles his relationship because why is he abusive towards Harley? One of the reasons is is that he he's never gotten love. Harley has given it to him. He doesn't know how to handle it. And the other reason is is because he's so determined now on making the world laugh and killing Batman that Harley is throwing a monkey wrench into his plans. That would have been interesting to put that in the movie instead of just having, oh, Arthur was delusional, this neighbor was not in love with Arthur. I had a problem with that as well. And the third thing, now that I think about it, which I go back to whether or not Bruce and Arthur could have been half-brothers, Thomas does tell Arthur one thing, and, and Alfred sticks by the story, but the more I think about it, and people are saying this as well, and Thomas does come off as a mafia boss. You don't see that power, money, and connections. He could have faked a birth certificate. Never do a blood test, and it's never brought up. 
It's just, you know, hearsay and here's the documentation. Go prove it. I'm rich. You, you're poor. I have all these lawyers. You know, I can financially destroy you. And, you know, what are you going to do about it? And your mother Penny is insane. So, you know, again, what are you going to do? And, and Joker, of course, retaliates at first. He, he attacks Alfred and Wayne Manor. He is trying to attack Thomas, but Thomas just punches him and walks away. It would have been a lot interesting at this point because of the relationship between Joker and Batman. I really would have been okay at this point of at least having a Magneto-Professor X relationship or a half-brother relationship. It, it, it would have been fine. We still don't know where Joker comes from because apparently this woman, Penny, is not the biological mother we still don't know what really makes Joker really tick other than towards the climax. He seems to be once again from killing joke, being called that on his. That's no other way to say it because is he really insane or just pretending to be insane for self pity? Or does he really feel that the haves are taken a lot from the have nots? We'll never get a full answer because, you know, Todd Phillips is so concerned about putting in these delusional scenes, which I hate. It also goes back to the whole thing about Joker getting beaten up by these 14-year-olds where, where he's the clown and the 14-year-olds come out of nowhere. They take the going out of business sign, you know, from the trailer. And then according to, to Arthur Fleck's boss, none of that ever happened. The Joker just walked off the job. Wouldn't have been interesting because Batman and Joker do have fistfights. Joker takes a great amount of pain. We know how Bruce Wayne is trained. We know that he's gone all over the world to train. He's trained with illusionists. He's trained with fakers. He's trained with several types of, of martial artists. How does Joker train? We don't know. How does he absorb so much pain? We don't know. How do we know that every time it's the original Joker? We don't know. The original is gone, but you have followers. And if you really go back and read the comics, see the other designs of Joker, it's always different, even in this movie. And then we see other people donning, you know, the clown mask. Anyone at the end of the day can be Joker. Now, we do also get Joker being arrested by the police, an ambulance, bashing the police car taking Joker out, all these followers are plotting Joker. That's great. But then somehow I feel a test screener said no. And so we have to have this ending now where Joker is in Arkham. He may or may not have killed a doctor who's interviewing him and then killed two other orderlies in the hospital. I don't get that. That also yeah, as, You know what? Actually, I, I'm so glad you talked about that because – it seems like it was shoehorned in at the last second. I don't understand why it's there either. It just makes it think, or it makes you as a viewer think that everything I just watched for the past two, two and a half hours was absolutely fake. The whole idea of the movie and the premise is, okay, what is real and what is not real? What is in Arthur Fleck's mind and what is actually reality? And the perception there, when you have that last scene, the way it is, the way it's structured, where it's placed, it just makes it seem like, you know what? To some people, they're thinking as they're going out of theaters, what just happened and why is that there? It just seems so oddly placed. Could this movie have been actually taken in any sort of reality at all? 
It could have been. And I, I go back to what I said five times, and I'll say it the final time and six times after that. No. Again, the the first time that the Jokers in the studio audience should have not been a fantasy. That should have been a reality. That that should have had some sort of relationship. You know, Frank Murray could have been desperate for ratings and, and brought Joker along and, and secretly just been using him for ratings. You know, kind of like Natural Born Killers. You know, uh, Wayne Gill gets killed because Mickey Marley Knox know that he's being, you know, they're using them for ratings. That would have made sense. Joker does call out Murray and say, like, you're awful because you just want me on your show to make fun of me because you saw how I made a fool of myself during my stand-up comedy act. That would have been interesting. Again, I keep going back to the kids beating him up. It would have been interesting of, of, of how much pain mentally and physically he's taking because he takes a lot of punches from Batman, Superman, and other members of the Justice League down the road, especially Gotham's finest. As we'll see, you know, Jim Gordon will take a few licks every now and then. Barbara as well, Dick Grayson, you know, most of the Bat family, most of the Justice League. It would have been interesting to see how Joker is taking his punishment and just laughing it off and getting back up and, and, and just not able to stay down. Like, what is making him continuously go on? We know why Bruce is doing it. We don't know why Arthur Fleck or Joker or whoever wants to be Joker this week is doing it. We do know that when he kills the stockbrokers, that's real. And whether, again, it's political or not, as, as that seems to be brought up, it doesn't matter because nothing Joker does really makes sense at the end of the day. But I do appreciate the whole thing with the gun because that I felt was real. That wasn't delusional. I felt that the fat guy playing the clown was taking advantage of Arthur's psychosis. He did give Joker the gun, but to protect himself, he lied to Joker's boss and said, oh, here, he kept begging me to buy the gun so I can save my head. Because then he comes back, he goes to Joker's apartment later in the movie and says, well, you know that gun that I gave you? I'm doing this in quotes. I don't know if nobody can see me. That gun that I gave you, we need to stick by our stories because I told people you bought it from me, but reality is I gave it to you. So that's real. And Joker is like, well, you know, you can analyze it all you want to, but you know that guy is going to be killed instantly. He also brings along that there's this midget that I love that Joker will let go because not only, it's not because he's a freak like Joker. It's because, well, the guy was nice to him. And yet I feel this would have been a great callback to Batman 89 where Bob the Goon was so loyal to Joker, so loyal. That just because Bob forgot to tell Joker that Batman had a Batwing, Joker took out his frustrations and killed Bob the Goon. And that's the joke. What have you done for me lately? That would have been great. An interesting little callback, if you will, if the, if the little person died because Joker really doesn't have loyalty. It doesn't matter what you do for him. It's what you've done for him lately. And even what, whatever you do, you know, if he wants to kill you, he's going to do it. Because there's, sometimes there's no reasoning with him. I love that as well. They could have gone so much deeper, but I feel that this movie plays it safe when it shouldn't play it safe and justify and make you go, what do you think happened? And yet I have to walk out of a theater and see three police cars and cops and thinking, well, because it, it, it's 
is a right good one to sue because we're making fun of the mentally ill and they're going to fight back. Huh? Well, I, I, I mean, this was why all over. I mean, I'll tell you right now, at the theater I was at, there was heavy in, and increased police security. You know, off a company that they just you know bought into or third party company or anything like that security. This was actual police. And I know, like you said, it sounded like they had police officers there and throughout the country because the heightened awareness that law enforcement, the government officials, plus also as well gun control advocates that are out there brought into it, it looked like it was going to go ahead and, and be needed. I know there was a Huntington Beach area. There was a theater that was, you know, somebody called in a threat, so they closed the theater for the evening, but it proved to be nothing. But for the most part, I'm thankful that this weekend has been relatively safe uh, for those going to go ahead and, and seeing the theaters. And yes, was it a little bit to do about nothing? You never know. I mean, there could have been something that was being planned, but the heightened awareness and the heightened security, I think, even though it may have driven a lot of people away from the theaters, it's still, you can't argue with an October record, almost $100 million domestically for the Joker. So a lot of people... I think felt safer about going to go see the Joker this weekend because of the added security. You know what? I was going to see this movie regardless. I, I've seen the trailer and I kept going, eh. And then I remember Joaquin Phoenix has been in some great movies. So it was 50 50, but I really didn't have a dog in this fight. And I knew this wasn't going to be Batman versus Joker, that this was going to be a standalone story, that DC really had to pick up the pieces because I hate to bring up Zack Snyder, but you know what? I saw 300, I've seen Watchmen, I saw his version of Dawn of the Dead. Nothing, even Sucker Punch, you could you could argue. Anything I've seen with Zack Snyder's name in it is really lazy, little to zero ambition, and we'll just action it up and cool it up just for the sake of it. That DC Extended Universe, whether it did start off with Man of Steel or Batman v Superman, I've given my thoughts on those movies, and you can you can hear them in my archives. So I ask you, my friend, with all that said and done, I've said my piece on it, whether or not I think it's a good film, and I've said before, you know, when I've been approached, that did you like it? Did you like it? Did you like it? That's all I keep getting asked about the Joker. So there is a lot of interest there. I can't say whether I liked it or didn't like it. All I can say is I appreciate it for what it is. It's a very dark journey into a very dark place for an individual and how society and culture can treat mental illness as a whole. So I think it's it's something that a lot of people need to be aware of and see because this happens to an extent in our society today. But as a movie, you know, I like I said, I appreciate it. I can't say I liked it or didn't like it. I think it's a very good movie. But again, it's not something you go in there and enjoy and you go, ha, 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 and I'm done. I just will tell you this, that is something that I think it's a very good movie. Is it deserving of all the buzz? I think it is most of the buzz. I'm not sure it's the best movie of the year so far. It's going to be somewhere in my top 10, at least as of now. I don't know where it falls just yet because I can't. It's just weird. It's just a very hard movie to describe because it goes to a very, very dark place. But I want to hear your thoughts, my friend, on The Joker. Well, you could see it. I guess the audience at home cannot. But... Behind me, I have a picture that was drawn by Neil Adams of Joker holding up his bloody hands. Next to him, I have a cosplayer as Harley Quinn. Below it was a former Disney artist that drew a picture. One side is Mickey Mouse's Batman. The other side is Joker's Donald Duck or vice versa. And below that is a character as me as Harley Quinn. I 
really became a bat fan in 89 when all the hype came about i i mean i did i did hear about dark knight returns and and killing joke and i tried to read them i couldn't get into them and i got into more in college the animated series the same thing batman 66 you know you, you get the idea there have been so many versions and variations and talks and discussions and fanboys and it's been 80 somewhat years what can we do to change the game I don't feel that Todd Phillips should be part of the DCEU, but on the other hand, I think he should have replaced Snyder and, and, and actually replaced Matt Reeves. I feel bad what happened with Snyder and his family a couple years ago during Justice League. We discussed that. I get it. But Snyder was not the person to give us a realistic Batman movie. I mean, I'm not even going to take away what Nolan did. He tried. But after Dark Knight... He just stopped caring. And so who do we have that really cares regarding the movie universe? I feel Todd Phillips put his pants on one leg at a time. You know, let's see. What's the best way to, to analyze this? Winded up the stopwatch, getting him ready, ready, set, go, bang. Hasn't tripped over the finish line. But just felt that he wanted to take a couple steps back and let Matt Reeves win. Because Matt Reeves will be directing the Batman. I know that the timeline doesn't make sense between Joker and Bruce. But you know what? We never know how old Joker is anyway. And you know, people think that I'm 25 when I'm in my 40s. Age is just a number how you take care of yourself. And both these characters, I feel, and actors... I feel would take care of themselves. I really would like to see Joaquin Phoenix back. I feel there's more to tell. Yeah, there are these one-off graphic novels, and there is a one-off graphic novel with Joker, but I feel that this movie, does it live up to the hype? No, because there was really never any hype because nobody cared anymore about this character. People wanted to see... Riddler or Penguin again and, and, and have them given another chance or Two-Face. It's a good story. It's not a great one. It trips one too many times. It's not going to matter what I say because it's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars regardless and the, you know, the screens are going to be closed and people are going to rent this in the courtesy of their own home and that's just going to be the way it's going to be. But I feel that it's a pilot for something. I feel that Phillips needs to be part of this universe. I feel that Joaquin Phoenix needs to be part of this universe. I don't feel anything for the actor who plays Alfred because he needs to stay off both the kidney and the shepherd's pie. Bruce, we didn't really see much of him. I really didn't care for the young Bruce. And it's a shame that um, you know Domino from Deadpool 2 played the love interest. Whatever happens to her. I, I could have seen her as a Harley Quinn. But this movie, it drags a little, it disappoints a little, but it's never boring. But I just feel that there were too many studio notes. That's the problem. And that tacked on ending, which just didn't make sense or just pissed a lot of people off. Professionally, I got to go right down the middle, two and a half. But personally, I'll definitely get it on digital. I don't care about the auto commentary or the behind the scenes anymore, mind you. But I will be adding this to Mike. It, it, it does make up for Killing Joke, Suicide Squad, 
and Batman v Superman and Justice League. And yeah, and to me, that's saying a whole lot. Once again, I have Jason Todd Feinberg from Honey Queen. You got to check out all the great stuff that he has done with his Honey Queen show. Just Google it out there. It's on so many different podcast outlets. My friend, I just truly appreciate you sharing your thoughts on the Joker movie with us here today. And before we head on out, what you up to, my friend? What what can people do as far as following what you're doing, your thoughts on pop culture? You know, just set up the, the, the Hanuk symbol. I, I, I've been saying this for a while. Life in school, I'm, I'm finishing up my accelerated nursing program and uh, everything else. So I'm my archives are coming back on and in the archives gerald has been on where we talked about justice league 2017 you can also see my archives where i've talked about the graphic novel of joker uh, killing joke a couple of joker stories as well as the animated version of the killing joke and also if you search um i was a guest on astro radio z i think you'll find that on youtube i've also talked about killing joke on there as well so if you look on the archives, you search for them, and, and if you cannot find them on YouTube or on Podbean, uh, just email me at hunnickfeedback at gmail.com because they're slowly and surely starting to come back into the fray. But next year, when all is said and done, I'm going to have something you know big to announce again, whether it be on YouTube or podcasting. But for now, I'm just going to be guesting all over the place, mostly on Batman a lot. But yeah, the best... Any comments or questions, hunnickfeedback at gmail.com. That'll be the best way to get in contact with me. Once again, he is Jason Todd Feinberg from Hunnick Queen. Just type in the words H-U-N-N-I-C, and it comes right up for you. My friend, it's just been great hearing your thoughts on the Joker. Again, it's a big win for Warner Brothers, and we'll see where the Joker heads towards the future. Maybe some Oscar buzz for Joaquin Phoenix, Todd Phillips, or the movie. We'll have to wait and see. And also where possibly the Joker could lead into the DC universe. I mean, that's another larger story. If it's going to be a one-off like Todd Phillips is saying, or if Warner brothers can't resist the chunk of change by putting the Joker and Joaquin Phoenix into somewhere into a different timeline in the DC universe. So, but that is another conversation for you and I have down the road. And that will probably be a, another great one as well. And if we do, because, you know, between It Chapter 2 and, and Joker, they threw Harley Quinn in front of us. I don't know if we'll discuss it. I don't like Margot Robbie. She hasn't improved, and I really don't care. But I guess if we do discuss her, you know, I'll be there. I, I mean, I love the character. I love the comics with Amanda Connor and, and, and Jimmy. I don't love Margot Robbie. I don't think she respects the character the way that other incarnations have. That's all. Well, we'll have to wait and see when Birds of Prey comes out in February. Cannot thank everybody enough for being a part of the show. Again, as far as watching people sending in their comments, tell you what, Jason, you've just been incredible as always. As you know, I, I just value and appreciate your opinion every single time you come on the show. Again, if you have any comments for Jason or I, you heard the Gmail address for Jason. For us, it's at PopCultureCosmo on Twitter. Also, as well, Pop Culture Cosmos on YouTube. And of course, you can send it to us as well on Pop Culture Cosmos on Facebook and Instagram as well. My friend, it's just been great having you on the show again. The Joker's running wild all over the US and all over the world at movie theaters right now. 
And again, it's just so great to hear your thoughts on the Joker right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. <laughs>